0: Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, an aquarium, when you think about it, is not just a glass or plastic box filled with water, sand, plants, wood, leaves, seed pods, and fishes. It's not just a disconnected, clinical, static display containing a collection of aquatic materials. It's a microcosm. It's a vibrant, dynamic, interconnected system influenced by the materials and the life forms, seen and unseen, within it, as well as the external influences which surround it. An aquarium features life, death, and pretty much everything in between. It pulses with the cycle of life, beholden only to the rules of nature and and perhaps to us, the human caretakers who created it, but mainly to nature. The processes of life which occur within the microcosm we create are indifferent to our desires, our plans, or aspirations for it. Sure, as humans, we can influence the processes which occur within the aquarium, but the outcome, the result, is based solely upon nature's response. In the botanical-style aquarium, we embrace the randomness and the unusual aesthetics which submerge terrestrial materials in part to the aquatic environment. We often do our best to establish a sense of order, proportion, and design, but the reality is that nature in her infinite wisdom, born of eons of existence, takes control. We have two choices. We can resist nature's advances, uh, attempt to circumvent or thwart her processes, such as decomposition, growth, or evolution. Or we can scrape away unsightly bio cover on wood and rocks, remove detritus and algae, and trim our plants to look neat and orderly. Or we can embrace her seemingly random, relentless march we can make mental shifts, which look at stuffs like biofilm, fungal growth, decomposing leaves, and tinted water as fundamental. Mental shifts, which start by accepting the look. It's not a mystery that botanical method aquariums simply look different. Now, it sounds a bit, well, dramatic, but we've all come to realize that this type of aquarium simply has a different operating system literally and figuratively, than pretty much any other type of system you'd keep. Not that there's some big mystery or secret to keeping one. Like any aquarium, you simply need to understand, appreciate, and, yes, enjoy the characteristics, the phases, and the nuances of this type of system. The biggest parts of this mental shift are understanding that botanical materials break down in the water column as they impart tannins, lignins, and other substances into the environment. The well-manicured aquascape that you might have conceived will inevitably be reshaped by nature as the leaves, the seed pods, and other botanical materials are broken down by bacterial and fungal action. The realization that nature is not the pristine, orderly environment that we've conjured up in our stylized aquariums and global aquascaping contests is perhaps the most difficult thing for the aspiring botanical method aquarist to grasp. We've been indoctrinated for so long to think that this is the way nature is, And that the definition of a successful, well-conceived, or healthy and clean system is one that consists of perfectly symmetrical, intentionally placed and trimmed plants, pearly white sand, optimally proportioned rocks, and impeccably clean driftwood. Of course, the reality is that this is just one aesthetic, and that nature rarely has such circumstances combining in the same place. Rather, it's a world of biofilms, patinas of algae, randomly distributed botanical debris, scattered rocks and wood tangles, different substrate materials, all deposited by currents, by rain, and even the fishes themselves, settling into positions that would typically defy the golden ratio and other human-created constraints. As a reef aquarist for decades, I learned a lot about balance and understanding that there's a certain amount of natural growth, such as coralline algae and stuff like that, which goes with the territory in that a well-functioning and stable reef aquarium has achieved a certain balance between what we perceived as nuisance and what is necessary. No reefer likes huge algae outbreaks, but every reefer appreciates the presence of some algae in his or her system, as well as the random appearance of various micro and macro fauna, a sort of acceptance of a holistic environment within the confines of our aquariums. It's one of the foundation principles of reef keeping, and I think it would serve many within our community to study and appreciate this as well. Rather than simply appropriating the term nature or natural to describe aquariums, we should think about how nature actually operates and looks and appreciate, emulate, and embrace the unusual look of botanical method aquariums. The mental shift. talk about it a lot. It's far more than a barrier, really. Rather, it's like a point of demarcation between what we've come to expect from the aquarium and indeed nature and the way nature wants to evolve our aquariums. There is a certain dynamic, perhaps even a tension between expectation and reality, and the understanding of this, whether we embrace it or not, will only make us better aquarists with a more complete appreciation of the natural world and how function and form unexpectedly combine to create beauty if we make the effort to see it and when we see it we're far more likely to want to preserve and protect it and educate others about its wonders or just replicate it in our aquariums to truly enjoy the botanical method aquarium you need to understand what's involved what's required of you as a hobbyist and then move forward just remember one thing when playing with botanicals in the aquarium it's not a plug and play proposition everything's different it requires some effort some thought some observation some patience some tolerance By observing and assessing on a continuous basis, you'll get a real feel for how botanicals work in your aquarium. And what's the real finesse part of the equation? It's the nuance, the subtle yet noticeable adjustments and corrections we need to make to keep things moving along nominally. Sort of like pruning in a planted aquarium or weeding a garden. It's a process. Yeah, a process. In fact, the entire experience of a botanical method aquarium boils down to a process and a pace that helps foster the gradual yet inexorable evolution of the aquarium and let there be no doubt a botanical method aquarium does evolve over time regularly and steadily changing and progressing as we've mentioned many 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 times before it might be the perfect expression of the japanese concept of wabi-sabi popularized by takashi amano which is the acceptance of transience and imperfection a mindset a point of view a philosophy for sure and the patience to allow your system to evolve it's absolutely the most essential skill to have if you're going to work with botanical method aquariums. Period. There's no shortcuts, no major hacks or ways to dramatically speed up what nature does. And why would you want to anyways? Adopt a long-game mindset. Know that the good stuff often takes time to happen. And I say good stuff in air quotes because it's all good stuff if you understand it. I'm personally not afraid to wait for results. Well, not to just sit around in the literal sense, mind you. However, I'm not expecting instant results from stuff. Rather, I'm okay with doing the necessary groundwork, nurturing the project along, stepping back and just watching the results happen over time. A long game. That's what we play here. It goes hand-in-hand in hand with interpreting and recreating the form and function of nature as it really is. <clears throat> Excuse me, are am comfortable with this idea? I understand. It's hardly revolutionary or crazy. Patience is something most hobbyists already have or should have in their metaphorical toolkit. Trying to recreate nature in the aquarium is as old as the hobby itself. Yet, to attempt to really replicate one of these complex natural habitats in the aquarium in form and function requires us to look ourselves in the mirror and see if we're up to the challenges, aesthetic and otherwise. Can you handle the detritus, the biofilm, the fungal growth, the decomposition of leaves? Had enough of this stuff or are you thirsty for more? I submit to you, the next step, the idea of turbid, sediment-filled tanks, where dead branching materials decomposing leaves, twigs, biofilms, clay, and soil, and silt play. It's our next example of replicating nature in its unabashed glory. The type of feature that really pushes us out of our comfort zone. In our case, you have substrates com- comprised of silty sedimented material, which, when deserved, will no doubt cloud the water for a bit, maybe even for days at a time. Sort of like what happens in nature, but it's in your living room. Is that something you'd want? Well, trying to circumvent or edit this look is easy. Yet it simply glosses over the real beauty of nature. The rules of aquascaping, which we embrace so willingly, seem to really fly in the face of how nature actually works. Suffice it to say, there are no rules about rediscovering this unfiltered art, if you want to call it that, beneath the surface of the water. Our Movement, our botanical method movement, believes in representing nature as it exists in both function and form, without editing the very attributes of randomness and resulting function that make it so damn amazing. We're utterly inspired by this, and challenged by it. We're all about the preservation of biofilms, decomposition, and that patina of bio cover that exists when terrestrial materials contact water. We've come to accept and understand that these materials will break down and influence the environment over time and that this process doesn't always conform to our hobby interpretation of what's beautiful. We've developed a keen appreciation for the ephemeral, the transitional. It makes sense to me. It makes sense to many of you too. And I believe there's a huge hunger in the aquarium hobby to find out more about the natural habitats from which our fishes hail, and sort of to create more realistic functional representations of them in our aquariums. In my own I don't know, rebellious way. I can't help but think that part of this enthusiasm, which a growing number of aquarists seem to have for this stuff, is that the aquarium hobbyists in general do have a little bit of a rebellious streak. Our taste and style is changing. It's good to see that. Maybe, just maybe, we're collectively a bit, well, over the idea of rule-centric, mono-stylistic, overly dogmatic thinking that has just dominated the freshwater aquarium world for the better part of two decades now. We're ready to look at nature and our aquariums in a different way. We're ready to learn more from the worlds that we create because they follow the path which nature created. Stay attuned, stay observant, stay open-minded, stay humble, stay brave, and stay thoughtful. Think about what I said. Think about where you stand in this and what we can do to support nature in her most incredible work. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Ten and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.